Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. All right, here we go, episode 14. We're back, a few good physios. Today we have a special guest, our third guest, Jay Hashdorian. Thanks for coming, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Big Jay. So we're going to do a little introduction, and then uh, we'll have Jay introduce himself. Then we'll go into a little bit more of a background of what he does and, and how he is involved in the fitness and the strength and conditioning field and also in the rehab field. Yes, it is a pleasure to have Jay on today. Um, thanks for coming over, Jay. Jay is a, a very good friend, colleague, and just an all-around great guy. And uh, we uh, live in the name, same neighborhood. You know, he is uh, a great referral source to uh, integrated PT. And uh, again, I'll let you introduce yourself, Jay. Just give us a little background on um, who you are. How do we all know each other? <laughs> um, well, you, Eric, you and I know each other from... Velocity, yes, sports yes. performance, personal training. Uh, before you were a PT, yes, yes. Before you were a PT, right? Um, so probably eight, ten, ten years back, ten years back, right? Oh my God. We, we used to cross paths in Velocity, and mm. there's a small group of trainers at Velocity that actually stick around, uh, right? You've been there for a while, <laughs> and uh, we have been. Damn, it goes probably back fifteen years. I was gonna say, is this prior New York sportsman? Mm-hmm. Prior to New York Sports. Oh, two, I didn't know that. Two, I started training people there in 2008. Okay. So Same same here, 2008. You started school when? 2007. So I probably knew you 2005 or six because I made that oh, jump. I didn't know that. And prior to that, where were where? I was at Sports Club LA. Got you. And that was the jump. In Rockefeller Center. Got you. Moved over to... As all New York City trainers do, bounce from one place to the next. Mm-hmm. To nonstop. So the bouncing is still occurring here. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then when you graduated from PT school, I was working at New York Sports Med as a PT aide. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, that was that was in two thousand eleven or twelve probably. Right. Yeah, and that right. was a that was a breath of fresh air to have uh, someone in the fitness industry that actually knew what they were doing with exercise to help us mm-hmm. out. Right, working yeah. as a, <laughs> working as an aide. Right. No, it's um, and then that's you, Lee. That's we met at New York Sports Med because you guys graduated two thousand ten. The same year, yeah, same year. You guys were same in the same year. class, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you started at New York Sports Med shortly after. I did. Now I don't. I don't can't remember because I was a student in two thousand ten, and I was with Luke, and we would go over to the East Side, and I think that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. And so I was still a student there, and then when I graduated, I worked. Uh, I was working technically part time for them because they had this huge. There were a lot of people away, and then uh, I wanted to get a full time job there. They didn't have it, so I went somewhere else for about a year, and came back in 2012, I think, or end yeah. of 2011. Anyways, but yeah. I think by then you had already opened up your spot. 
Um, so I opened, so I own CrossFit Gantry in mm-hmm. Long Island City, which yes. is our neighborhood, Eric. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I opened um, December, January 2012, 2013. Okay. Yes. Like right, right that beginning of the year. Nice. So, so about five and a half years now I've owned the gym. That's wow. incredible. Um, congratulations. Yeah, man. Congrats. I have seen, uh, I've been witness to Jay's growth, which is pretty amazing, man. It's, um, the first place he had was, was big, in my opinion, big enough. And, um, the place he has now is a lot, probably three times, three times at least. About. About wow. three times. Anyhow, congrats on that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll take a step back and think of how, how did you get into fitness in the, gen- in general? I mean, when did the journey begin? So <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Mm. Talking about social media, you, as you do, uh, I just mm. posted on my gym Instagram uh, a photo. So I just passed 20 years in the fitness industry. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> <laughs> dating me a little. Yep. But uh, I, posted, I posted a picture of 20 years worth of uh, certificates, oh, certifications that. Wow. that I've taken – I think I picked 20 of them. There's more, but I think I picked 20 of them, one a year for wow, for the 20 dude. years. That's incredible. Um, so uh, 19, 1998, wow. I started personal training. Wow. Uh, as as many people moved to New York and as many people do, I moved here you know, with the dreams of being an actor, comedian, whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, was tired of being a waiter. Started mm. personal training, mm. wow. and over the years, personal training business picked up and picked up and picked up, and that became my career. Yeah, career in life. So that's so cool. Now, what, where were you before New York? Were you local? Uh, I was in. I went to college in Florida, oh, okay. Florida State University. And originally from Florida. So, originally from here. From here. Uh, originally from New York. Uh, my father worked for the government. We moved around quite a bit when I was a kid, mm-hmm. ended up in Florida for junior high and high school, went to college there, and then uh, came up to New York after a, like a year after graduating. Cool. That's Something an interesting like that. fact. I think the first time I took a class with you with my wife, you mm-hmm. mentioned that funny fact you know i used to be a comedian I was yeah. like, Damn, I, I would never play you know i would never place of it as a cool fact it's like another life it's now an- it really is very, another life very cool one another of the patients i was working with at new york sportsmen and i and i think it was a student still and they're like did you know jay used to be a comedian and i was like i had no yeah. idea i just know him very as like cool super duper trainer very cool and, and when you did start um your career i mean it's 20 years. I mean, obviously, we'll discuss it as, as this podcast goes by, but changes. I mean, that there's a lot has changed. Oh, my God. Uh, I, You know, I I learned how to train people from Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia yeah, of Modern yeah. Bodybuilding. <laughs> one of, I mean, one so of my mentors gave me that book. One that's of the how men- we – I still have it on my shelf. Yep. That's yep. awesome. Yep. You know? Wild. So, uh, Wild. I, I recall that. It was a bodybuilding situation. I mean, we, I mean, that's all – that's – 20 years ago that's all everything everybody ever ever did mm-hmm. you know that bodybuilding 8 by 10 8 you know or right. 8 to 10 8 to 12 reps split mm-hmm. routine three three sets let's do chest and tries today <laughs> back and buys i used to have a an accordion folder where i would put everybody's file uh-huh. and just walk around and someone used to call one of the older trainers used to call me the professor but um <laughs> damn 20 years that's crazy yeah. goes by quick and then when i got my first kind of 
my first kind of a real job in the city at um at a gym, right. being hired by a gym. I was like, did they do? Did they do a background check? Did they? <laughs> Man, no. <laughs> I think I, I. I don't think they. They don't know. Know who they hired. <laughs> well, then you look at your colleagues. That was right. that was a case, yeah. man. Uh, you know, but then you know, then over the years, you just certification and class and certification and class, and just grow as a trainer, mm-hmm. right? And pick up the lifers on right. the way on the way up, right? So I remember at New York Sportsman, there were there were two connections in terms of the fitness industry. There was uh, the CrossFit connection, mm-hmm. and then you were also really helpful as a running coach. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that the method was the the pose method. Pose method. Cool. Good stuff. Did you get into that first before CrossFit, or is that yes? Something? So I in um, I was a competitive triathlete. Okay. Traveled around racing. Um, so on top of personal training, I was coaching triathlon, swim, coaching cool. swim, bike, run. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, I don't know, something like maybe 2005 is I found the pose method. Mm-hmm. Um, I had plantar fasciitis pretty bad. That's I've only had it ever two times in my life. So I had it pretty bad trying to figure out, you know, how do I get rid of this? Mm-hmm. Um and that's when I found the pose method. I did a couple sessions with a guy who was pose certified mm. uh, at the time. And this was before it really took off the way that it did both in the CrossFit world and just in, in the running world in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided to get pose uh, – get certified in the pose method, mm. which that's a funny story, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I could tell you guys. Um, and, uh, as I learned it more and, and started doing it more and, and practicing it myself, my plantar fasciitis slowly started getting better and get better, you know, not overnight, but over long periods of time. And, you know, I kind of trained it away by, by doing, you know, not only, not only, you know, the big misconception I think about the pose method is, oh, everybody thinks it's a way of running. No, it's. <clears throat> it's a bunch of training exercises for running yes. that you implement and put into place gotcha. when you run. Wow. It's not just, oh, well, let me just change my form and, you no, know. No, no, the drills. I mean, Jabe gave me a, a <clears throat> session, a one-on-one session with the pose method. And it was, it changed everything. I mean, that was my first half marathon. But going back to New York Sports Med, that was a hit. We had Yeah, so I developed, I developed a running program with New York Sports Med. Right. Um, and where we did... Uh, outside running. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you guys used to go yeah. to the park. We would meet. We would that's meet right. it at the the West Side location mm-hmm. by Columbus Circle. Uh, do warm up warm up drills in in the the clinic clinic. Right. Mm-hmm. Go out, run in the park, whatever the you know whatever the workout was uh, that I had set up, and then go back and do our cool downs in the clinic with that's awesome. with it, clinic it, equipment. And if there were if if, if there were uh, patients who needed treatments, they would schedule them before or after our running. So it actually were it was a really cool thing to do in conjunction with physical um, right with physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And then after the run, they had the stuff accessible to them to whether it was just foam roll or ice their foot, so, uh, ice their feet, or, or or you know do a little ultrasound or something. Mm-hmm. They could have it right after running. Mm-hmm. This was the golden days. Um, 
Yeah. Really, the golden days. I mean, we were Lee and I and Jay as well. We were lucky enough to have this um, this group of professionals that, you know, it was beyond my scope. I knew I wasn't a running person, but I had a runner, and I would refer them to Jay. And just with you know, within three weeks, not even a few sessions, game changer. And and like mm-hmm. you said, they kind of trained their their injury away too. They didn't stop working out. They didn't stop moving. They just tweaked a couple of things. And most importantly, they had these drills. Yeah. But this was the heyday. You know, that was a precursor to a lot of stuff that came down the road that really was kind of uh, marketed differently. But I would credit Jay. I don't want to go. That's a mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but Jay was the the innovator on that, which is cool. And you you definitely apply that in your CrossFit um, at Gandry as well, right? Yeah, I mean, try to right. definitely so, try to. I mean, for for me at that time, to to your point, it was great for me to be working with guys like you, people who I looked up to in terms of the education that you had, but then also you guys are turning to me saying, "Hey, we're not experts in running. Right, right. What what can you do?" And and really, we were uh, able to be collaborative together. Oh, yeah, so... and uh, you know the fact that you guys would put your patients in in my hands and say. Hey, we want to get. We we don't want to tell them not to run. So help them, help them running. That was, you know, for me that was huge mm-hmm. in terms of my progression as as a coach, a trainer, to be working with people that I, trusted me to to you know with their patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that we I, we pride ourselves with, but kind of knowing your your limitations and also collaborating and knowing just even. Yeah, just getting yeah. that second, third, fourth opinion and collaborating, you know, and being on the same page. I mean, I, it's a you would think it's it happens more often, mm-hmm. but as we've been around the city and talking to other clinicians, it doesn't happen, you mm-hmm. know. And you, yeah, whether it's cl- clinician or or, or in the either. fitness yeah. industry, it's like, yeah. you know, sure. Can I tell you the three or four things to do with your diet to help you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. Right. Right. This is who to go to. Right. Exactly. I remember there was one or two times where um, I watched you work with a patient for running. And one of the first things you had them do, uh, or at least these people that I saw you work with, was like a combination of like a high knee uh, drill and then a butt kick drill with the heel. And so what changed my perspective on the whole method and even my own running drills is like I, I ran track in high school. I was a very amateur runner afterwards, whatever, ran like three miles here and there. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it totally changed my perspective of butt kicks. So like butt kicks, usually you lock the knees kind of next to each other and then you kind of kick back behind you. And then Jay was explaining to this person, it's like, no, you like, that's not how you run. When you run, your knees go up and your, that's how your, your heel hits your butt. Right. And so then I started doing this on my own. I was like, that changes everything. Right. So everybody who I was doing it in front of, especially in jujitsu class too, when we used to do like high knees oh. and like butt kicks and stuff or, or, uh, in, uh, Muay Thai, everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, that's not, that's, I was like, that's the real way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it was, uh, I, the, the pose was a game changer because it, yeah. it, it tweaked posture. Posture, body mechanics, uh, something that kind of um, I try to pass on to certain patients in term, terms of the leaning drills you had mm, that's and then right. linking that into the metronome right. with cadence. Uh, it, you, that time in New York sports med and the, the knowledge you passed on, that, that's helped a lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's but helped a lot. It all starts with posture. It really mm-hmm. does. Right. 
and, and it that all starts with posture. That, that whatever it is, whatever true posture is. and position. And we talk about this a lot, or we at least mentioned it a couple of times. And there was uh, our um, one of the master instructors at Henzo's. He's really well known, John Danner. Mm-hmm. He had this one post all, all on posture, and it is talked about. Um, how it is the root to your ability to perform whatever you're trying to do. Anything. And it's, it, right now in our field, it's being a little bit, it's not, it's not being demonized, but it's just being exposed in terms of this relationship to pain. So it's a very weak relationship to pain, of course, but when it becomes, when it comes to performance and enhancing your ability to perform a task, you have to have some optimal posture that your body can get into to p- perform the task. You can't perform it at a, you know, very, yeah, and you know, unfortunately, unfortunately in jujitsu, it's a, uh, it's a tough lesson because <laughs> if you, know, if you don't have posture, you can't breathe and oh, yeah. you don't have base, mm-hmm. but, but going in back to running, I mean, that was something posture, it was a game changer. Cause it's not, it's a, as Lee and I were discussing in the last podcast, you know, running is a skill, you yeah. know, and it's, it's not right. something you just put on shoes and go. Right. When, but, you're, when you're three. When you're three, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I said in the podcast. Right, I was yeah. like, you know, kids might naturally run, but adults don't. I, I, just, I just bought a book. My, my, my son's going to be three. I just bought oh. a book um, um, for decathlon training. Oh, okay. okay. And he's going to be an athlete. I said to my wife, I go, I'm like, he's going to be a t- decathlete. She's like, you're crazy. What do you know about decathlon? Why? why? And I said, have you seen him run, throw, and jump? I mean – that's he the do it all. <laughs> watch this kid, man. He I believe moves, it. He moves, and he's been moving like that since he was under two. Wow! He has That's his little awesome. boy. He, he does cleans. The kid does jumps. He crawls. Jeez. Um, and strong. He, That's he's awesome. Solid. It's pretty cool to see him. In, in I action. can't wait till he's six. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> give him jujitsu. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, while That's he's still flexible. Mm-hmm. So, um, so running. We'll go back. Going back into. Right. What was the impetus to start? Well, let's go back a bit. Uh, so, in as an endurance athlete, how did you kind of transition out of that, um, out of endurance work, to, to CrossFit, or even you may have not made the jump <coughs> to that. Um, Might have been something different. But where where did you go after you were competing? I mean, after so, I you know whatever you want to call it, retired from <clears throat> retired from racing in like. 2009 or you know i and when i say retired i mean i went from doing probably 11 11 or 12 races a season down to like one or two maybe mm-hmm. and you know so so twofold two things happened you know number one with my own training just i didn't have 25 hours a week to oh, train that's... anymore for triathlon mm. you know p- putting in all those hours on I hear swim, bike, run. Um, so I needed something new, you know, something new to train or, or for myself. And I had a uh, friend, another trainer from, from, if you remember Dave Lipson, yeah, man, yeah, you know, this guy was, uh, knew his stuff, man. He, he commanded the room, you know, he walked in real super nice guy, right? <clears throat> but his, uh, the way he coached, I mean, he's a great coach. I mean, coach. he was a CrossFit, you know, so he was one of the early, early guys of CrossFit, mm-hmm. early guys around CrossFit, and still is around. Um, and uh, I say, hey, that looks fun. You know, I, that I've never seen that style of training before. I've done circuits with clients, and but I've never, you know, can I, can I work out with you? So I started training with him a bit. Nice. 
And, you know, as I got more and more into it uh, um, and learned more and more about it, I decided to get CrossFit certified. Then I started using those training methodologies with my clients. Mm. Um, and, and you know, and, and then it was just a shift of worlds, you know, mm. as, I, as I kind of like slowly weaned out of the endurance world, I wasn't racing as much. I wasn't, you know, out among – I mean I had a coaching business and had – you know, coaching clients and, and, and coach people for, you know, Ironman and Olympic distance triathlons and, and half marathons and marathons and everything. And, you know, as, as I kind of got out of that world and got more and more into the CrossFit world, there was just a shift in the people who I was around. And after a while it was, I wasn't exposed to as many endurance athletes anymore. Um, obviously I still had all of the knowledge that i had accumulated in everything and 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 um so some people sought me out but but it wasn't i wasn't uh you know a triathlon coach necessarily anymore Mm -hmm. and uh you know then i i built up my my crossfit coaching crossfit business became a coach at a at a crossfit gym and then decided to open my own very awesome um very cool well, it, and it was and, – and the whole thing that brought me to New York Sports Med was I was doing all the prerequisites to go to PT school, oh. right? So I right. spent two years two years doing all of the – because I went to college forever ago. Right. <laughs> two years doing all the yeah. AMP and, and, and bio and chem and all of those oh. uh, and was getting my hours at New York Sports Med. And then I had this opportunity either open the gym – or apply to PT school, mm. and I think I think you and I, Eric, I think you and I sat down and talked. We did, we did. That, by that point, that was like 2012. You had been working for a couple years, right. and I think we sat down and talked. And you know, and I said, "How's your experience as as a PT versus when you were just a personal trainer?" Mm. How, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, is it is it worth putting in the time and money into into school? God, just. Um, and not that you dissuaded me from it, no, from it, no. but but I had this opportunity. <laughs> Eric said, "Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. it. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. You'll lose it." It's funny we're talking about this because right? Lee sent me an Instagram post. Oh, did you read it? I read it. I gotta show it to and Jay. It, while you're it, an Instagram post on the investment of PT school mm-hmm. and what people come out in terms of debt, right? And what's your quote salary as a starting PT? Right. And um, I do recall having that convo with you and giving you pros and cons. It's pretty scary. Um, I didn't. I mean that 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 those stats are a little above and beyond what I thought. Yeah, it's um, but it's, it's pretty. Crazy. I, I got to find the original study. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check the show notes on that. That's Check right. We're gonna have to, to go we'll get the, the research on the salaries. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at that. Aren't you it's glad you made that decision? Forty-five buddy? years. And I was like the average. The average DPT. <laughs> It's crazy. It's a mortgage. We'll yeah. take forty-five years to be debt-free. Yeah, <laughs> dead. I, I want to know what they up. like if they're including like credit card, uh, school loans, everything, 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 everything that, like, everything. But this is something you know. Going back, I do recall that conversation, and I remember telling him the pros and cons. And I, I definitely made a uh, a sacrifice in salary in, in cash money. <clears> right. Uh, Gave up my personal training, half of my business going into graduate school, and then getting out of graduate school, the biggest sacrifice of time. 
Yes. And giving someone 40 hours. And it was a novelty. I mean, the owners of the previous clinic, one of them even asked me, I was like, because I was trying to work out hours to fit my clients. And they're like, do you really want to work full? Do you want to work? Right. And in my head, I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was a stepping stone. And I mean, in retrospect, I'm glad I made that decision. I'm still paying some of that off. But um, back to getting into – so it was a perfect – uh, perfect storm for you in a good way. So you you had PT in mind. You're in the CrossFit world, and you see the rehab. That was the the link, and mm-hmm. you took the you took the jump. And in Queens, a- any particular reason why Long Island? You you mm-hmm. hadn't you, were you living in Long? Island? I was living in I was living in Woodside. Okay, so I was you, living in Woodside. All of my clients were in the city for right. the most part, mm-hmm. um, but had been looking at Long Island City for a while. Uh, there was one CrossFit gym there. He, um, he had moved slightly out of that sort of center of near Vernon, right? right. That little area. And, and, you know, I mean, it just, that's where I found a space, you know? So it was like this, like you said, sort of this convergence of, of timing and location and, and having the money to be able to to invest you know, invest mm-hmm. in a business, right? And mm-hmm. then in my mind, I was like, well, I can open the business and I can always go back to school. Right. Yep. 10 yep. years, 10, you know, 10, 12 years down the line if I want to. Absolutely. You know, just do two years of prerequisites well, again. Yeah, in <laughs> retrospect, I mean, just for those who don't know Long Island City, and in the last five years, it has mushroomed um, and it continues. I mean, the, the growth... Uh, it still hasn't been fully developed. So Jay made a great decision. Yeah, the timing. The and timing. Is that when you moved there? I, and the, this is another convergence. <laughs> I, from when when Jay and I met, I had been living in the Bronx, and um, my wife and I had just recently. You're from the Bronx? I'm from the BX. <laughs> no <baby>. way. BX. <laughs> BX. If anybody doesn't know that the. the the accent the there. Right. <laughs> the New York. This I got to tell you a story about a guy in Jiu Jitsu. But. Oh, um, okay. But a uh, perfect timing. I moved to LIC the same time Jay uh, opened his practice. That's awesome. I opened his uh, gandry, uh, his gym. <clears throat> uh, so it was it was perfect. Um, my wife and I, at the time, fiance got into CrossFit. It was it was a cool experience. Um, probably the best shape I've been in outside of the jujitsu world. But uh, yeah, thank you. It was, uh, it was a great experience, man. That was still the first. Try, still trying to get you get, to work out again. I, I'm I'm out of the the CrossFit world, but I um I'm, I'm two blocks away. Yeah. I'm always around. <laughs> but um but that 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 timing was crazy. Cause yeah, I mean, it, and it wasn't just good timing in Long Island City. It was it was good timing in the fitness industry for that smaller. You know, we're not boutique fitness. CrossFit is definitely not boutique fitness, but it mm-hmm. was it was the timing in the fitness industry for smaller gyms and there was a huge move away from globo the, the globo gym right way. quote unquote <laughs> quote unquote right or corporate owned you know large corporate owned gyms yeah. um and this move towards all of these smaller specialty type gyms whether they be boot camp centers or you know and now i mean obviously now it's even exploded Bar. yeah you know. um but i think it was a very it, that was like a shift in the fitness industry uh, that also the timing of 
being in Long Island City with the growth of Long Island City and the change and that changeover in, in, in the fitness industry mm-hmm. was very good. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that when I started uh, doing uh, outside of the corporate job I had for personal training and seeking out these boutique gyms, there's only like two of them I can go to on the Upper West. And then by like 2008, there was another one in that area. And then I heard about this other one downtown. Then by like 2012, like you said, it was just... An explosion where um, people wanted, they wanted to actually do like a true one-on-one session instead of like this cookie cutter. Well, even a small group, one, even a small, a small group, group one, yeah. yeah, even a small group. That's something we've seen. We have friends that own gyms with small group, like a small group model. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, I think CrossFit also linked into the whole community aspect of stuff, uh, which was another thing with these corporate gyms. Right. Is a Mm-hmm. There's no sense of uh, community at well, all. Well, you can go, you can walk into a, you can walk into an Equinox or a New York Sports Club or, who, or wherever. It doesn't right, matter. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Not to single those out. You can walk in, be there for an hour and a half, never talk to anybody. Right. Right. You know, you do your time on the treadmill, you do your couple machines and curls and crunches, <laughs> and walk out and and never, you know, you don't have to uh, make eye contact with anybody. You don't have to talk to anybody, and and. My theory is that with cell phones and computers and everybody creating all of these <clears throat> relationships on the phone, right. texting and all of that, there's a lack of human Social. interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your boss is in is in the uh, office next door. And you're emailing each other, right? <laughs> right? Not talking, mm-hmm. or or the conversation might be very brief. Hey, hey, get this, you know, get this done by five, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why there was that sort of shift in in the that sort of smaller boutique gym, one on one connection classes. You're with other people. You're, you know, the teaming like minded people, sweating it out. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, having this workout experience together. Right, and and that's what they're missing from their their everyday life. Yeah, it was like I mean, speaking on my own experience with my wife, um, it was like a mission. You know, you get there, there was a workout on the board. You know, you'd partner up with certain people, same partners every day, and it, it, again, it is something and the accountability factor. You know, that the fact that this other person might be coming to class, everybody. I mean, it, it's a pro and a con, I guess. You know, some people are. Where were you? I'm like, not here, buddy. You know, don't 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 worry where I was. But I think some people enjoy that that uh, the community. Yeah, what it comes down to. And that's I mean that's also one of the things that everybody made fun of about CrossFit in the beginning. Right, right. You know, oh that's the cult. That's the this. It's cult. Yeah, you know, I don't want to call it cult. I mean, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's what that's what you know. The, the, yeah. Eight years ago, that's what eight eight years ago. That's what everybody was saying and about they, CrossFit. Yeah. And they didn't think. You know, um, I remember when we were with uh, this guy on the West Side. When he created his own thing. He, he mm-hmm. was mentioning something about um, he had a little spoof. He had like the video. They used to have the videos, the the YouTube videos, make the the myth videos. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody anticipated the growth that's uh, mm-hmm. right now. I mean, with uh, Reebok, ESPN, you know, they, right? Yeah, yeah. It's... They didn't anticipate that. Um, all right. So where CrossFit? I don't. Speaking of that, we're right on the perfect topic. Some of the myths that do exist within the CrossFit world or the fitness industry. I mean, you talked about the glo- the corporate gym. I, I kind of witness from time to time when I do pop into a corporate gym. It's pretty crazy what goes on 
Yeah. And again, to each his own. You know, everybody has to start somewhere. Right. Mm. You know. I was that shitty trainer right, right, right. at one point. Doing those Same. bicep curls. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said. 21s. You know, when, when Sports Club LA hired me in 2000, I was like, I think they made a mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? But, you know, so, so everybody's got to start somewhere. Right. And, right. and you know, we've all done some stupid stuff oh, with our training. Con- or, or constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, without, without – uh, reason purpose direction or or with the wrong right reason purpose or direction you know mm-hmm. but you know hopefully and and those people who i think stand out in the fitness industry learn know do mm-hmm. you know yeah. over the years right. you know, crossfit crossfit in the very beginning was was shit on a lot um because it you know so CrossFit has their own internal <clears throat> education program. Right. Um, you you know pay a thousand dollars, you get your CrossFit Level One certification in a weekend. Right. Right. Not much different, really, than From any other certification. Ace right. Ace certification, NASM. I've held them all. Right. You know, not much different than than any of those. And you come out and you can be be a, a trainer. Right. Right. The difference with CrossFit was. You come out after the weekend certification, you pass, you get your CrossFit level one, you can now open a CrossFit gym. So you can apply to be a CrossFit affiliate, Mm -hmm. right? Right? They, you know, they review your affiliate application. So there's no, from, from level one into opening an affiliate, there's no, um, minimum requirement of x number of hours having coached or anything like that so in the in the early days uh, uh, you know you would see people hey i just got my level one and just just trained my first client in my garage gym that i set up and i'm mm-hmm. you know now i'm crossfit joe blow right right so yeah it's this it's this the same thing in the fitness industry in general right i mean it's just no different Except that you could come out and now open your own gym with mm-hmm. the name, and you right, could right, be right? right. So, so, but now cut to ten years later or more. I, so, I think when I <clears throat> when I affiliated my my CrossFit gym um, in 2012, I was like number four thousand something, wow. right? So, so CrossFit started about 2001. From 2001 until 2012. 4,000 – I was like 4,900 and something I think, wow. right? Gyms, uh, CrossFit CrossFit affiliates. Worldwide. Worldwide. OK. Now there's over 14,000. Oh, my wow. God. So from 2012 until 2018, you know, so in that six-year period, it's gone from five to 14. But in the first, you know, first 11 years, there was only 5,000. So, wow. you know, so so there has been this huge – growth which is awesome um but i think now people are more educated um um, crossfit's internal uh training crossfit training right um has been program is awesome Mm -hmm. um so now there's they've created multiple levels so there's crossfit l1 l2 l3 l4 four being the top and and the like the crossfit uh, coaching uh, certification staff are the only levels fours right now. Mm. Um, 
and then and then they have a massive uh a massive amount and library of other certifications that they uh sponsor online education everything so so yeah. so crossfit as a company has really expanded their uh education um modules and model to i i really honestly i think crossfit now is probably putting out some of the best trainers in the fitness industry right for those people who are taking advantage of the, the education. education that they have available. Sure. Right. Do they um, kind of uh, – do they bring in other companies, for instance? I know that uh, a lot of FRC is used mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in Gandry as well as some close by – some other um, CrossFit gyms in the city. Do they kind of link in with other organizations or they try to keep everything in-house? CrossFit? Um so they have created programs um where they have seen you know whether it be potential with another program and they've brought that in house and called it CrossFit FRC or got so it, got that's it, for it. example what happened with uh the pose involvement uh, with CrossFit mm-hmm. um now there's CrossFit Pose. I, I think it's yeah. called now CrossFit Pose. Oh, and there's okay. CrossFit Aerobic Capacity. Okay. It used to be called CrossFit Endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a guy who trained under Nick Romanov. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he kind of created the CrossFit Endurance program. And with the blessing of CrossFit, um, he since kind of, you know, he since went went his own way and, and does something other now that's mm-hmm. not uh, his own endurance programming that's not called CrossFit anymore. And then CrossFit now, uh, rather than keeping the program CrossFit Endurance, they have something called CrossFit Aerobic Capacity and they offer CrossFit Pose, which Nick Romanov teaches. Oh, okay. oh wow. So, so they brought in the source. Yeah, he's who, who's the source, yeah, right? That's wow. very cool stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's interesting. Do you still have to be um, – is it only level one that you can open up your own place or is it now – have they changed that? Or... Mm, that's a good question. I think I think it's still I think it's still you can open open a place with with level one. Okay. Um, but now you know now I, and and like any like any uh, certification, you have to you know they require continuing continuing education. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be just to maintain your level one, you have to retake the level one workshop. Okay. Right. Um, which, you know, so the advantage is if it, it, let's say you're just going to keep your level one three years later, whatever, whatever it is right now, I, I think I was originally, I was one of the ones that was like originally like five years or grandfathered as five years. Now, maybe it's only two or three, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, if they change, if they change the program or change the, the content, if you retake it, at least you're getting some new information from that. Gotcha. You know, but with with the higher with the higher um, certifications, like I'm a CrossFit level three, mm-hmm. uh, so I have 50 hours of continuing ed that I have to accumulate in two years. Okay. So, which I have 36 of 50 by November. Oh, you gotta, <laughs> I'm hustling. Take, you got to take some classes, man. <laughs> no, but I, I um, you know, in my experience, you know, initially with you, and then hearing clients that have had that i've seen over the years you know you could see how a lot of crossfit instructors layer in their previous knowledge like yourself you know and i think that i mean 
aside from CrossFit in the fitness industry, I think those who kind of excel are those who kind of take a lot of education, as you posted today. You have to. Um, it, it's critical because it always things change. You get bored. Patient clients get bored. And most importantly, I mean, it, it's an it's it's evolving pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but and the, I know I'm I notice I'm always the best after I've done a yeah, weekend absolutely. something. Mm -hmm. You know, I come out. It's like I got this new information. I you know I learned. I'm using it or practicing it on myself. I'm I'm you know practicing it with clients or or using them as guinea pigs as I'm I'm figuring it out. Right. And and it's. Whenever I notice that I'm getting stale mm -hmm. with coaching or training, it's like, okay, it's time to take another – Definitely. Time to take a new new seminar or or uh, uh, pick up a new book. <laughs> well, this is a great um, – you know, Jay's mindset is very similar to Lee and I with, with mm -hmm. physical therapy and fitness. I mean, Lee and I on our last podcast talked about kind of putting a pause on the physical therapy education because mm -hmm. we recently took this ridiculously long board certifi board certification. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking to take more fitness-related stuff, whether it's FRC, different yeah. lifting class, something different. But but this definitely separates, you know, not just the fit people and uh, people in the fitness industry, you know, our colleagues within the rehab world. I mean, guys that are listening, guys and girls that are listening, ladies and gentlemen that are listening. <laughs> take classes well yeah. it's 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 good to be aware of that and i think it's that's a rare it's a small percentage because right. the fact that you're aware that like all right it's getting a little stale i gotta refresh myself and uh, you know what it feels like to be refreshed and kind of like all right now i could do this with this person and i learned this about this and um i think being aware of yourself to be able to do that is a huge step and super important, both in fitness and rehab. And I think within the fitness um, community, it's sink or swim. So if you're mm. you're not as fresh as you used to be five years ago, you know, you better believe there's 20 other people that will fill your shoes. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think in, in the rehab world, um, some people consider it, you know, they have a career, they have a job, they have a doctoral degree, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> but they think that, you know, that that's it. You know, they spent X amount of dollars and they've learned from A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, is that as Lee and I, you know, have discussed on previous podcasts, you know, that's not enough. And, and mm -hmm. you know, it, you, there's, there's a lot of information out there. And I think um, it's really critical to kind of stay, stay afloat with all the new material that's coming up. Exactly. Some of the stuff with CrossFit, and I get these questions from patients a lot. And well, first of all, they're like, what do you think of CrossFit? And, I, I'll get two sides of it. You know, some people who are really into it and they ask my opinion on it. And then some people who uh, have never done it before and they want to hear what I have to say. But I, I usually tell them the same thing. I think CrossFit is, from what I understand from it, it's like one of the most efficient ways to increase your strength, power, and your fitness overall. It's the prerequisites to do it. It just might take longer for the, the average person to, you know, get into these positions and things like that. But I still think it's, bar none one of the most efficient ways to Im improve all these things and that's what makes it so hard is that you're you're kind of pushing the limits on all levels uh for 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 people to um get these movements down so like cleans snatches squats deadlifts everything like that um where you integrate those not all systems will integrate all movements together right. at some point in the program so i hey. thought that was interesting and well, another you know, yeah the thing, the thing about CrossFit, and I say this to everyone, is everything is scalable. Mm 
mm-hmm. and everything's modifiable, mm-hmm. right? right? And, you know, the easiest scaling is load, right. right? You can do a snatch. You can do a clean with somebody with a broomstick. Right, right. Right? right? I have a 65-year-old woman who I train, oh, who I've trained for 13 years. Mm-hmm. I do CrossFit with her, right. you know. Right, right. You might look at it and be like, that's not CrossFit. It's CrossFit. It's, right, right. You know, she – what does she care about? She cares about going to her college reunions and – you know, wearing a sleeveless something and her, you know, oh, friends so saying, oh, your arms look great. What are you doing? <laughs> number one. And number two, you know, she goes on her on her, on her uh, trips with her friends and can, you know, go hiking, go walking, go sightseeing, mm. whatever those are and and have energy and, and, you know, feel fit. And she comes back and says, oh, you know, we hiked up. Machu Picchu and and my friends were huffing and puffing and I made it right up to the top no problem you know nice, it's all relative to what she needs to do 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 we lift a lot no right. you know would would the people who go to my CrossFit gym and take CrossFit classes look at what she does and say oh yeah she's doing CrossFit probably not right. but it doesn't matter what they say right. Mm-hmm. right so what I say to everyone is everything is scalable and modifiable right it all depends on where are you at now and right. and you have to start somewhere, right? Right, and I've had people say to me like, "Well, you know, I got to get in shape to start CrossFit." And it's like, no, that's like saying, "The housekeeper's coming. Let me clean up first. Right, right. No. <laughs> no, it's it's true, and I think CrossFit has broken the model of the exercise and physiology textbooks. Right, mm-hmm. you they either they pick an energy system um, to work, and you could either be one or the other. And I think CrossFit has dispelled a lot of, or even. Well, we try to train all energy systems, right? The whole Mm -hmm. the whole concept of CrossFit is you're not training to be a specialist at any one thing. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, in the early days, that you know that the the CrossFit line constantly varied, constantly varied functional fitness performed at high intensity, right? That Mm -hmm. constantly varied was picked on. Oh, uh, what are they doing? What you know? They do one thing this day and one day that day and there's no reason. Well, no, there is a reason and the variety is very purposeful and very mm-hmm. selected and one of the things that we're varying is load. We're varying movement. We're varying energy system. We're varying time and duration of the workout and there's CrossFit workouts that are three minutes long and 45 minutes long and that's the whole point. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. See, this is the uh, the intelligent approach. That I think Jay's bringing a wealth of knowledge, not just is from CrossFit, but also his previous experience. Yeah. And this is something that there should be a prerequisite, and not just in CrossFit. And this is just general in the fitness industry. Um, this would probably minimize. Well, I don't really want to say that, but minimize risk. But there's is always going to be a is risk. There a, is there a, yet a personal trainer um, license? Or not license, but but even like at college, at the college, like a personal trainer degree I think they, you know they, I or think there's exercise seen. exercise phys or or right yeah you can get your undergrad in like exercise phys kinesiology mm-hmm. but there is an institute this is the only one i know in of New York, I think, right? in texas the, oh. the cooper institute mm-hmm. uh so one of my professors from kinesiology he got me yeah i guess one of his colleagues created the cooper institute and you can somehow you know go to these classes and come away with like all right now i'm a quote licensed or certified kickboxing instructor and you start from like ground up running fitness all that stuff um but uh, this was this was a long time ago when i learned so there might be another one by now <laughs> so what I, were you thinking i, of I think York? there was one promoted here in the city probably like 10 or 15 years ago like pr- 
personal training institute and there were oh, I college, yeah, yeah, yeah. some kind of college credit involved mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this this kind of falls on the line of like for profit colleges that are really not a cre- I'm not sure I'm not mm-hmm. but they should be at this point I mean with Definitely. the popularity I would love to know the stats on the fitness industry the way you described them for CrossFit um although it's changing I mean, I mean CrossFit is still only like four percent or five percent of the fitness industry wow you know and it's like a five billion dollar or six billion dollar industry probably more great right so it's 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 a small small portion of what's out there crazy crazy right? and, and i mean here in the city we have the novelty of um variety right so we have everything from classes where you could hang off the ceiling and they call right. that you know <laughs> i mean look now there's a but now there's american ninja warrior Ninja gyms <laughs> around, you know, around That's around the world. Yeah, That's oh yeah. Nuts. Nuts. I mean, there's gym. That it, it's a really cool time in the fitness industry. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know that yes. that yes. that uh, a friend of mine, his daughter's 12 years old. She goes uh, not not in New York, in Florida, but she goes to a rock climbing gym. And when we were 12, that didn't exist. No, definitely not. <laughs> right? Am I going to tell them? Oh, that's wrong. She should be doing CrossFit. No, she's rock climbing. She loves it. She, you know, it does. Does what she needs to do. Is does what to... she needs to do. There's a bunch of different aspects of it, mental and physical, right? So there's rock climbing gyms. There's, I mean, look at Long Island City. Yeah. Look at our neighborhood alone, right? So... There's a rock climbing gym. There's my CrossFit gym. There's a boot camp gym. Uh, the workout factory. There's a Muay Thai place now. There's a Muay Thai place. Oh, really? Jiu-jitsu place. There's two spinning – the workout factory has a spinning studio in it and then there's also another spinning studio. Crank. 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 Yep. Right? Um, there's another kind of boot camp slash CrossFit light-ish place. Um, that's five. Yoga room. Yoga room. There's three Pilates studios now. There's a guy that does Caipueta. Caipueta. Am I pronouncing that way? Capoeira. Capoeira. Look at this. He's got so, the So in, in our neighborhood alone, there's 10, 11 different choices for fitness. Wow. Along right? with running groups. There's and, running and, groups. Yeah. And, right, and, right. and along with running groups. And, right. Wow. So, so that is, is in and of itself an example of the expanse of the fitness industry right there in one neighborhood. Wow. Right? Am I going to tell everyone, well, what all of that is wrong. You shouldn't be doing those things. You have to do CrossFit. No, CrossFit's not for everybody. I get that. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's the best system out there or the best training methodology out there? Yes. That's why I own my own CrossFit gym. Right? Right, 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 right? Right. right? But people are doing stuff. Who am I to tell them what they're doing is wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, and we all feed each other, really. Yes. Because I've had people come to me who, oh, you know, I'm – I'm rock climbing and I really feel like I need to get stronger. This seems like a great way to do it and it lo- seems like a great workout. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm spinning three times a week but I'm, I need – I feel like I need strength. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> that kind uh-huh. of uh, non-judgmental approach is something that, you know, we should have more of, you know, and unfortunately, yeah. again, in our experience, um, just within the rehab clinic, you know, we've had a lot of discussion, Lee and I, with this but, you know, we, we've had – past colleagues for myself that didn't understand any of this, right? So when they yeah. hear rock climbing, they're like, whoa, you shouldn't be rock climbing. 
your shoulder or right. they hear crossfit that's what i say about jiu-jitsu <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's you know these guys it, have tried to get me to come oh, a couple of times like, like no, dude i'm 45 no. i don't want to fucking break myself no <laughs> man listen I, I thought the same and and there's definitely some breakage that, you know, that, that <laughs> yeah, it occurs but i think uh as you just said like the the, the this other things that come with jiu-jitsu as long as well as other movement practices the the discipline the focus the thinking in different ways Mm-hmm. Trying to get out of bad positions uh, and just getting comfortable, you know, right. just being able to breathe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that that kind of non-judgmental approach is, I think, will push. You know, is what's going to push the rehab and the fitness. That what what has pushed it and what's going to continue to push it. Definitely. And I would love to kind of have my hand in a little of it all because um, being on one side of the fence for us, you know, I, I think is a disadvantage. I think the more the merrier. The more movement practices we know about and are experienced in, the more we can help people. Definitely. And I think from kind of to build on what you were saying, it's you listed off all those places around, but you have like a a taste of it a little bit. I think definitely the running. I'm sure you experienced rock climbing, uh, weightlifting. And that is you have that understanding because you've tried these things out and you can kind of uh, carry that over to people say like well that's all right if that's what you want to do that's just great you know we can help you in other ways if you need it but i think that's why it's so important for i think people more in our the rehab industry to like get out there and move because understand these things a little bit better so you don't have to put a lot of fear in people if it's something you don't recognize and i i I cited an example a couple podcasts ago about a guy who was trying to it seemed like he was really scaring this young guy who was deadlifting really heavy and he didn't know anything about deadlifting. He just look at him. He just not like not in shape, and um, nor does he know how to move. And it's unfortunate because he's now teaching people how to move. Quote: Teaching people how to move after they hurt themselves. So um, that's a, that's yeah. something that needs to be more right. Uh, changing. Yeah, in my couple of in, you know while I was um, at CrossFit, I recall to- to- telling my colleagues, "Oh my God, I had a crazy workout, deadlifting, blah blah blah." Like, oh, Deadlifts are bad. Yeah. This is coming from the medical world. You know, they're bad. I'm like, well, I mean, soda's bad. I mean, what do you, right, you know, right, what, right. what do you, you know, what do you, and, and again, it comes from ignorance. And like you said before, going back, everyone has to start somewhere. Right. This information that we have, you know, we've been surrounded by it for years. So, right. and I guess it's up to us to kind of convey that message in a non-threatening way right, to people yeah. and say, hey, you know, it, it's just preconceived notions. Um, I think that links us perfectly into myths. Um, and I recall having this discussion with you the first couple of weeks of like, hey, can you get injured doing CrossFit? Yes. You can get injured doing anything. You could get injured, you know, get running, anything. Going to a corporate gym and doing a heavy bicep curl. I mean, how many <laughs> could really, you know, people blow out. How many, how many biceps? I've seen a lot I've of seen bicep. torn biceps that I've way. Seen oh, torn man, by, yeah. The preacher curl, the preacher bench. That's where they do it, where they just... Yeah, hang out there, and they just work the bicep. Work. Yeah, I, had, I, I saw a dude. I saw a dude ride, uh, riding a a bull, <laughs> tear his bicep. Ooh. Oh, that's horrible. That that's I don't even, it was not that. a. It was a, it was like a training cow, right, right. still yeah, like yeah. fifteen fifteen hundred pounds. Jeez. But uh, the dude's arms were huge, and he had such a grip. And the just you're not going right to beat him. You're not going to beat a bull. No, no. you're not going to beat a and bull. And you just saw him go. Thunk. Uh, he couldn't bend his arm. That's terrible. It's um. Yeah, watching watching people move. Well, the that video that was circulating on um, 
social media like crazy. I don't know if you saw it. It was uh, uh, someone took a well. Actually, they set up their phone to record themselves. Looked like they were going to do a sprint, but they're at the gym, mm-hmm. and the camera was facing their calves. They did like two jumps, and it was all in slow motion. And she landed on the second jump, and her Achilles snapped. So I can't watch that shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my worst fears. I just had a member email me today saying I have to put I have to put my membership, you know, have to put my membership on hold. I ruptured my Achilles. <sighs> and uh you know, I might have to have surgery. I'm going in for an MRI. Um and I oh, did that happen at the gym? It's my uh, first, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, of course I'm concerned for him. Yeah, right. And hey. you know, but uh, you know, is there anything I can do for you? How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, I was at a work. I was at a work function, and we were playing dodgeball. <laughs> Speaking of Globo Jim, I mean, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but like it happens doing anything. Yeah. People ask me to play softball all the time. I'm like, no way. I'm not gonna do <laughs> that. You know how many people I know have popped a hamstring playing softball with their That's with their uh, with their uh, office league. <laughs> I know. I know true. a guy. Blue, uh, popped, uh, excuse me, tore his tricep, putting something in his trunk. Yeah, I, I have, uh, I have a guy who tore his bicep, putting something in his trunk. Simple, simple stuff. That's so, crazy. His name was Barry Bonds. No. <laughs> <laughs> he did each tendon. <laughs> so guys, don't you know? Outside of working out, do not leave your house. Do not work. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you can hurt yourself doing anything. Anything. Yeah. I, I raced mountain bikes. You know how much I hurt myself? Oh, you told me about that. Broken man. elbow, oh, yeah. broken collarbone, sprained wrist, stitches. Mm. Mountain bike you know. on a crazy incline oh. in, the, in a forest. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Wild. So, so yeah, I mean, in- injuries will happen anyway. Yeah, injuries just... happen no matter what it is. What's the like? What's the running statistic? Oh, my God. 75%, maybe it's more, 75% of, of runners are running with some active injury. Mm-hmm. Right, whether it be a stress fracture or overuse injury, or mm-hmm. you know, patellofemoral syndrome, whatever, mm-hmm. are they stopping running? No, no. Are no. they saying, well, "Well, don't run. It's not good for you." you know? <laughs> no, oh, I can't play. I can't play tennis. It's not good for me. No, sitting at your desk all week is not good for you. Mm-hmm. And then going out and thinking that you're Roger Federer when you're <laughs> serving, <laughs> right. that's what's not good for you. Tennis exactly. is fine. Just play tennis within the realm of what you're capable of doing, which is not, you know. Yeah, know thyself. And I think what you just said, uh, that transition, when we often working with patients, they ask, you know, I don't understand why is this happening? I'm like, well, you, you know, X amount of time in the day, you're sitting down, and then in the evening, you're deciding to go for a six-mile run. You know, there, there has to be a... A tran- you have to transition, and that, that transition leads into warming up, mobility, mm-hmm. and really just focusing on uh, specific things that you may need to get on a track or play some tennis. Right, but getting I'm, stronger. Yeah, and getting it. Were you were you at the clinic when um, uh, I think Krista, mm-hmm. I think Krista Simon had a patient. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to talk about patients? Mm-hmm. But, uh, as long as uh, you don't know names, yeah, 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 no yeah, names, no names. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a guy who ruptured a, ruptured his Achilles, hmm. and uh, you know she was talking. Uh, you know how the MRI report said something like appearance of blunt force trauma. Oh, I think I was there. I think I, I heard I this right. one. And he, and he had run and <laughs> like he. I think it was like a minimal shoe situation. He, he, he uh, right. She's like, well, what did you do? Did you get you know? Did hit someone hit you? Hit you in the back of the leg with a baseball <laughs> bat? 
no, you know, did you do anything out of the ordinary? Well, mm. I, I got a, I got a pair of, you know, Vibram five fingers and I went out and ran 13 miles. Oh, the first time? Yes. You put them on? Yeah. We, we just had this discussion, yeah, right? This we just fun. had this discussion. Yeah, that is uh, one force trauma there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've heard some crazy stories. When people, what, what I mean, you really got to know yourself. What, our suggestion of kind of getting well-versed in different movement practices, within, you know, you have to know the body does have certain limits. The, the body is amazing at adapting, but you kind of, you got to know where you are right. <laughs> mm-hmm. before uh, literally jumping into things. Yeah. But then back also back to that posture and position, mm-hmm. right? What are you doing all day? Right, you're just yeah, not right. strengthening the good posture and the strong posture. Right. Another thing that um, comes up a lot within um, the rehab world and in fitness is um, you know the, the the previous exercise history or previous collegiate. And they said, well, right. I used to be able to do blank. How long ago was that? It was about 20 years. You know, 15, you know, it's like, wow, so what have you done? Right. Well, you know, I took some time off. and mm, right. Cheeseburgers. Right. And just why are we, you know, I It's don't like understand. my dad. Oh, yeah, I was a butcher. <laughs> <laughs> if he tried to cut some meat now, he'd probably cut his hand, cut his hand off. It's quick, but, you know, <clears throat> we have that wiring that we, um, we kind of forget our – I mean, unfortunately, age and life remind us often of our um, – of uh, of both, right? Uh, yeah. of, of of that, and I mean, I could speak on it myself, but um, but yeah, that's, that's what. That's it, well, it's interesting because there's this convergence of you know the time you don't spend working out, uh, talking in general generalities, right? And then you getting older, you know, and the tissues don't heal over as quick as they used to do in the twenties or even in teenage years. And then, you know, you don't think there's any, anything wrong with jumping back in after 10 years. But then now you're, you're, uh, you're faced with multiple things. You're faced with the non-activity for however many years and you're mm-hmm. faced with the age factor. And so then you, you can get easily swayed, which, uh, persuaded to saying like, or if someone tells you, well, that's just an age thing. Well, it's not just an age thing. It's, you know, the fact that you had the no activity for this amount of time and, you can take you longer to get back to where you were, but you could still get there. Uh, so the, the performance aspect of it too. But it, it goes, there's like neurological pathways and all of that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, your body, sh- your body shut it off. Sure, definitely. <laughs> okay, <shut> it. <laughs> you're not going to do it. That's fine. I don't need right. to waste. I don't need to waste resources, energy trying to, you know, activate that. Right. Well, it goes back to what you were saying, though. I mean. Whether you're three years old or you're 93, everything is scalable. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our recommendations is movement, you know, at any time. There's very little reasons not to move. I mean, outside of, um, serious illness, right. some kind of injury. And that's, you know, when I was working with you guys, uh, um, and I mean, still we work together, Eric, and we, we have clients slash patients who we refer back and forth, um, one of the things I loved was that, uh, you know, not not to, don't shut it down. Don't shut it down. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't – you're going to keep doing what you're doing. Here's how you can do it safely and Correct. this is our approach to get you healthy while you're still doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, th- this is one of the – I mean I remember during my first job, I was interviewed and they said uh, – our C – guy C. I'll say C. Mm-hmm. Um he um, he asked me a question on my interview. Who's a tougher client to work with? Oh, I remember a this. person that 
that hasn't moved and you have to motivate them or an athlete that you need to tell not to move. And I was like, oh, I know this one. It's hmm. the athlete. And and going back into a specific population, working with CrossFit athletes and members, you know, they're wired. The, the general mindset, they're wired. They love movement. They love working out. And I think it's a hindrance if you shut everything down. You know, if, you know, let's say their elbow hurts. Well, let's work around that elbow. You know, your legs work, your other arm works. Your hip, your back, everything else works. Let's just um, let's find a solution to k- keep you moving, and the, I think the body responds better that way. Uh, there's not many things. Again, serious illness, an infection, a fever, different story. Right. But uh, musculoskeletal issues can often be, you know, you could keep moving with with a lot of things. Um, Want to add on that? Yeah. No. It, it's funny. I was just, uh, texting a client today, and so I I see him for strength conditioning. And I've seen him in the past in the clinic for his neck. And then he just reached out saying um, something happened to him. I'd have to miss him this week. But he had like all of a sudden a back pain come up. And he described it a little bit in the text. And, you know, it was he was asking for what to do. And the first thing I wrote was like, you know, it depends. I'd have to see you and examine you to give the exact recommendations. But here's in in general, movement is better because he was saying, is movement better or bed rest better? I was like, wow, this is like uh, back pain 101. Right. Movement's always going to be better. Just try these general things first and then um, go from there. So, but it's, it, it is, I think in, in general, people still hold on to that idea. Like I'm in so much pain. Why would I move? Because it's going to hurt when I move. But actually, if you do the right things and move, it's going to be better for you and recover faster. Um, but yeah. Um, one of the things that you, you, um, in terms of the CrossFit myths is that this myth of it's going to make you big. Um, I, I I was going to, uh, say, um, are you familiar with my sister Artemis? Have you ever uh, seen her on social media? Have ever mentioned Mm -hmm. it? So, uh, my sister Artemis Cantalidi, she is really well known in the kettlebell world, Mm -hmm. but she also does these courses and it's, um, uh, not afraid to lift and it's mm. basically for women strength training mm-hmm. and one of the big topics that she talks about she, she always i'll have to have her have her do a do a yeah. seminar at the gym that'd be awesome cool. she she would love to she cool. last time she was in new york she went to um drive 495 oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and um it was really su- successful uh but yeah so she talks she's huge on this so she actually was working with a psychologist for a while and trying to hash out systems and how to get people more comfortable with just getting into the gym first so they can do more strength training, all these stats to back it up. But it was interesting that you wrote this to Eric because, like, this is something I think is very common, but it's definitely a myth, and I would think even more for the females doing weightlifting because how hard it is to, quote, put on muscle mass right. versus guys. Testosterone, GH. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this goes back to pre-CrossFit where you would work with, female clients oh like, always yeah, mm. wait a minute uh, i want to do high reps <laughs> i want to do lightweight i want to do a toning workout a tone, a tone. <laughs> i want to get the smaller muscles you know like uh tracy anderson what is it i had to mention it the, i want long and lengthen, lean lengthen yeah i want to lengthen lengthen and tone but this was a you know this was something uh, a misconception that you know we used to talk about like hey you're gonna have to eat 10,000 calories and you're going to have to take some steroids. Well, there's so there's so much involved <laughs> yes, in it, yes, right? Yes, right. Yes. What are you eating? What are you right? Just what, not going to happen. It, 
are you following a hypertrophy protocol? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. How often are you lifting? Right. And 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 that you know, I mean, the the amazing women in CrossFit who you see who are in you know the CrossFit games and everything. I mean, they're training five hours a day, six yeah. hours a day. Like that's their profession. That's mm-hmm. what they do on a regular basis. The person that's working out four days a week for an hour. Right. Is never gonna look like that, <laughs> right. right? Never, right. you know. Right. And then, and then uh, the the big the the huge X factor is genetics, right. right? Right. It's like, does your mother look like that? No. Then you will never look like that. <laughs> right. That's, right. The truth is it's your so fault. True. Right. <laughs> but it's a it's a myth that kind of goes. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I'm not. Female, but but I think that is is changing, but mm-hmm. it's not 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 as quick. Not there's still it's still out there. I'm sure sure you get it on a day to day basis all the time. And and it's also I, people don't you know when people come in. I, I think when people come to you guys, it's probably different because they're coming to you for a problem or an right, issue right, right. or or this is what I have and this is what I have to get solved. You know, mm-hmm. people walk in and they say, "I want to get fit. I want to." You know, but they don't know what that means, yeah. right? Someone will say, "I want to get stronger," but they don't know what getting stronger means. Mm-hmm. They might think someone might think running is getting stronger. Correct. Someone might think so. So, oftentimes when I meet someone, and you know, whether it's inter, you know, interviewing them for the gym or or doing a, a consultation with them or a free <laughs> intro at the gym, you know, it's well, what is what does fitness mean to you? Yes. What is what does strength mean to you? You want to get stronger. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? That is such a critical. And, yeah. and when you break it down, they get it and they understand it. Right? To you. That, that, I want to get stronger, but I don't want to get big. Okay. That's easy. Right. We can do that right. because it's a very different strength protocol for sets and reps than it is for hypertrophy right. protocol. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And we're not going to train that way. I can get you stronger with the muscle that you have. If you decide you want to get stronger, then once you reach that, you know, maximum strength potential for the muscle that you have and you want to get stronger, you know what? Then we'll talk about, hey, you have to get bigger to get stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But right. that's not going to happen right away, right? Mm-hmm. So so I think whether it's people have misconceptions or they don't have or don't know. You know, That's such a that question he said, like, what do you, what does fitness mean to you, or what is that? You know, whatever. Yes, they ten come... different people, they're going to give you ten different answers. Yes, absolutely. Right? But I mean, ask a doctor, what's fitness? Well, okay, oh, uh, cholesterol, <laughs> triglycerides. <laughs> you know, what's Treadmill. your resting heart your rate? <laughs> right, uh. right. That's fitness, and yes. and legit. Like some people say, hey, you know, my doctor told me if I don't work out, I'm going to die. <laughs> right, I got to get on a fitness terrible. routine. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's that. There's Right. That 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 is uh, a critical. ask a marathon or what's fitness. Right. Well, so. you have to run a three-hour marathon or less. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you you're not fit, if you don't right. understanding. Right? I mean, this this goes in. This is we had this believe. we had the athlete conversation similar to that. Yeah, yeah. That? Right. And I think going into what you just said is probably what separates you from uh, many people within fitness and even rehab. In that, you know, understanding who's on the other side of the table and, and really tailoring. First of all, educating them, and secondly, tailoring to their goals. And I, I think um, within our industry, you know, people do come 
with issues or uh, problems that they need solutions of some sort. Mm. And um, a lot of therapists think that they could provide those solutions without actually understanding the person. And, um, you know, pride ourselves with kind of asking myself, well, so what? They don't have full range of motion. What does that mean to them? Well, Mm. I can't, I can't lift up my child. Oh, let's make this relevant. So all our treatment's going to be lifting your child as opposed to this, you know, goniometer measurement that's really meaningless. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, for those of you guys are listening, you know, understand your patients, your clients, and, and really really see where they are, uh, with, where, whatever level you're at. Yeah, having a conversation, asking those really good questions so you can get a better understanding, and then, like you said, educate them on what, that can mean or what that will mean and then what the what the treatment prescription workout program is going to be to help them to get them to that goal right you know you would think that this is um uh, common practice but it really isn't i mean Mm -hmm. and and again it separates you know it separates hopefully in time you know everybody gets on track even what you mentioned with the doctor saying you know you're gonna die that's something we speak a lot on and not to knock the medical industry obviously you know, there there are a lot of pros, but one of the cons is the language used, and uh, and the fear instilled. I mean, we've all been there, um, where we go to a doctor for some answers to some solutions, and it's it's cut and dry, and it's numb. It elicits other responses, right. and um, definitely. So hopefully that will change with with time, but hopefully we're part of that movement of. Um, Really watching, not watching what we say, but just understanding the person in front of us may not be fully versed in what we know. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and whether it's a doctor or whoever, you know, the person's spouse or partner. If you right. don't lose weight, I'm out of here. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I got to start. I got to start working yeah, get out. Your game plan together. Right. Like you got six months, what? twenty pounds. Right. right. <laughs> no, it's true, and that. Built, those are the barriers, right? Those are the barriers for a trainer. Those are the barriers for a physical therapist. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah, there are other <laughs> there are influences. That's <laughs> uh, crazy. Have you guys? That. I have a question. Have you yes, guys yeah. worked with any? And not that you have to say the name, but have you worked with any kind of elite or high level athletes? Yes. Yes. Come in for treatment. Yes. That you have a timeline to you know you got to get them back on the court, back on the field. Yes. How do you approach that? differently than you know the weekend warrior or the 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 average person i mean it's tough i mean i would say 90 percent of the time none of the people i'm thinking of i'm not the primary nor am i the only one that's working with them mm-hmm. so then they're getting You're part of a team of yes. care yeah and they're getting different information even if even if we communicate on what we're doing they're still getting they're going to go to their more more trusted higher level person in their team uh, for the ultimate thing but yeah usually i do the best that i can and i have to listen to what they say to me because i want to know i'm trying to gather what they're already understanding about what's happening to them and then what the timeline could be and then i gather all the medical information too so that i can give them all right statistically this will be working best for you whatever it is so that's the only it's it's a little bit more of a rush if they do have to get back uh, Mm -hmm. on a certain timeline but otherwise, uh, try to do the same thing I would normally do. I, I would same thing. I mean, that same would go. But the the biggest part is understanding the politics of their team, yeah. and not necessarily the, the team they're playing on, but their team of, of providers. Right. Whether you know that who is 
the head honcho who mm-hmm. who's kind of running the show is it a doctor is it a coach um and then that timeline i mean similar to speaking with crossfit athletes i mean this this population i'm thinking of a couple of people in particular you know there's a season it's very specific you don't want to give false hope you know the red flags are red flags and and you you're always thinking of those in your mind some of those expressed, some of them not expressed. If you don't see them, why even bring it up? It's mm-hmm. not even there. You, I mean, regular population, you'd be a little more prudent. This is a different pop. But I think um, really understanding the whole, who who is the main influencer of this athlete? Because uh, you just might, you might just be kind of like an afterthought. And if that's the case, which is ha- has been, I mean, my experience, uh, no disrespect to myself, but, you know, they had other primary influencers yeah i think the one thing that i'm thinking of one situation in particular i won't be able to go into too much detail but i was a student and i was with my clinical instructor professional so-and-so came in and we saw them for like two or three weeks and i was lucky enough to do exercise with them the, the entire time and something had come up during this assessment and something very simple so my instructor communicated back in another state with the head he, well, he was a head and athletic trainer, and the my instructor was very good at communicating with people, and that head person did not listen to anything that was said, and uh, it was pretty serious. It was almost like they're showing signs of, like, if they go back on, onto play, they could have a higher likelihood of getting injured with something new versus they just had surgery on doing this whatever so i was like and my instructor told me that this is apparently very common to have happen if it's something like where it's a different state different profession um and also we looked up this individual he was like hall of fame you know everything Mm -hmm. not not the not the athlete but the the person to see yeah so it was it was tough and i I was like wow is this because you could see the the basic it was such like a simple, basic thing that they Very could change. Very simple assessment. Right. And the the athlete, you know, the, it was communicated to him, and the athlete was like, "Well, no one's ever told me this, and like this is something I need right. to look out for." So I'm like, "Yeah, it, it's, like it's, some... it's a tricky population because, um, yeah. you know, they're um, they can be very, uh, compl- they could be compliant, but they kind of like they, they they require a lot of um, I don't say babysitting, but Hand-holding. Yeah, a lot of hand-holding. Because yeah. that's what they're used to being told what to do. Told what to do. He, and I remember that. It, I'll never forget that uh, while the, while this is, my instructor was on the phone, I was supposed to be doing exercise, but I was trying to, like, communicate with the instructor because I wanted to know what to do next. He was literally just standing on uh, on the floor with his hands in front of him just waiting for me and looking <laughs> at me, basically, like – what are we going to do next? I'm not uh, doing anything uh, until you tell me. And I'm like, wow. I was like, this is that's <laughs> They train, intense. man. They train. <laughs> yeah. right. it's, it's fun, man. New York, I think the population of people we work with, we've been really lucky. You know, everything from you know, pro athletes to performers to grandmas to artists to students. I mean, it, it's uh, we're really lucky. And, I mean, in the fitness industry, same thing. You get a kaleidoscope of, uh, of characters. Right. Um, <laughs> literally. Definitely. Uh, cool stuff. Can I ask you the five questions we're kind of winding down? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So some of these, uh, are you familiar with Inside the Actor Studio with uh, James Lipton? Yes, so of course. I was, you know, we were. Really, I, I think I was inspired by doing this. Uh, he has ten questions. I'm not gonna ask you ten questions. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep it as basic as I can. All right. First one. What's your favorite anatomical term? 
a good one, eh? <laughs> uh derogatory or not <laughs> <laughs> anything you want this is all you um we label explicit yeah so we label this already labeled explicit yeah. um favorite anatomical term dickhead nice. <laughs> <laughs> which could double as <laughs> um all right so question number two what athlete inspires you most um Serena Williams, nice. she's a badass. Mm-hmm. Just Definitely. badass. Oh, cool, I mean, I've man. I've heard some stories from her, from trainers of hers, that mm-hmm. they're just like she's the best athlete ever. Yeah, she's, Beast, man. she's awesome. And, yeah. and through adversity too, man. Yeah, so yeah many things. what she just did. Amazing, amazing. amazing. Um, all right, third one's a little funny, but pickle Rick, tiny Rick, or you don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> I like pickle. Pickle? Yeah. So that was, uh, it's a Rick and Morty question, but nice. I, I would say pickle too. I would say don't know. <laughs> I, I would say what the fuck are you, what are you talking about? But, uh, Anything pickled is usually pretty good. That's true. Um, if you were to meet yourself 15 years ago, what advice would you give yourself? <laughs> this is a tough one. So, uh, Where was I 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing, right? Um. Two thousand three. Mm. Uh, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Nice. Because uh, yeah, yeah. You man. know, in in my more recent life, the things that I've had success at, whether it be relationship or business or whatever, it came from from you know not giving into the fear and not giving up and just love it, following nice. through and doing love it. it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, man. Very cool. Um, and finally, uh, what athletic achievement you're most proud of? Or what's the athletic achievement you're most proud of? Uh, that's a tough. That's a good one. I mean, you know, field day champion <laughs> in sixth grade still stands out in my head <laughs> on the podium with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the ribbon. Um, no, I mean, you know, probably, probably more recently, um, just given given where I'm at right now. Um, and sort of, uh, you know, my end of my racing, end of my racing career and starting the CrossFit, but, um, with, with triathlon, I, I raced in a, in a off-road series called the Xterra. Mm, I heard of that. Yeah. Xterra off-road triathlon series. So Whoa. made it to the world amateur world championships a couple years in a row. Wow. Very cool. Man. Uh, was that, that was like Hawaii? racing, was yeah, in Hawaii. In Hawaii. So mm-hmm. racing amateur elite, um, cool. or elite amateur, whatever. And so I, I think that probably nice, you know. And that so. was at like the peak of at that time, and you know, the peak of my athletic, mm. you know. And then I've done, I've gone on and done other things with CrossFit and 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 competed in CrossFit uh, as an older athlete, masters athlete. But but at that time, I was kind of still like. Like that close to going pro, wow! Very cool, and uh, almost did it. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, um, I don't know if you want to get into the shoulder thing. Mm. We, we hold it's up, up to you. That's up. I, I mean, I'm having surgery next week. There we go. There we go. So we have a we have a f- interesting situation where mm-hmm. uh, Jay is going in for surgery in a week from now, and I'll let him discuss that. But we may do a follow up post surgery. 
podcast uh, mm-hmm. just to get a real life experience. But I'll, I'll let you talk of what's going to happen next week. So my my I had my right shoulder uh, done three years ago. <clears throat> I had a ninety percent tear of my supraspinatus um, with muscle atrophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so had the surgery October twenty fifteen. Uh, so now I have a full tear on my left left side. Mm-hmm. So hundred percent tear. Uh, but no muscle atrophy. So the doctor was like, listen, let's get mm. in. Let's get in and repair it as fast as possible. Uh, so I'm hoping it'll be a little bit better recovery than the, other. Than the right side. I mean, not, I had a very good recovery say, on the yeah, right side. I was going to say, I mean, looking at Jay, looking at Jay post-operatively days after, he was doing really well. So well that we had to like just chill. I remember yeah, just I like, mean, wait, you're doing well, but let's protect this thing. But he had a great recovery. I mean, so, yeah, and I had, I had a kind of, you know, talking about a team, I had, I worked with Eric and I had another, another PT, um, who I'll give a shout out to. Yeah, give it to him. Uh, Joe, Joe Chacon mm. from Columbia, uh, Columbia Sports Medicine. Nice. He's at the 50, uh, 51st Street offices, Columbia Doctors. So he was great. So mm. I saw, I saw Joe twice a week and Eric once a week. Um, which one, you know, so one was a little more clinical and then one was, uh, with Eric, uh, was a little more sport related, I guess. Yeah. You know, right. More manual stuff. We didn't have, we were, we were doing it at at my gym. So we didn't have the, the, all of the treatment and toy stuff, but I would do Mm -hmm. my icing at home. So, I mean, I, I attacked the recovery pretty, pretty aggressively. And, um, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and they said, oh, how long do you think you, you know what's the recovery like and it all depends on what do you consider to be recovered right right. you know where where two months later i was probably doing things that 95 90 percent of the people can't do Mm -hmm. you know so by all intents and purposes by the general population i would have been 100 percent recovered but i didn't consider myself fully recovered until probably seven eight months Seven, eight months later, mm-hmm. meaning doing the things that I wanted to do with CrossFit, with training, with mm-hmm. weightlifting, um, you know, I lost some strength, sure, but able to do, you know, able to do things that that uh, was the whole purpose for having surgery. So were, were either one of the tears uh, traumatic? Did there, was there one incident that happened? Uh, so on the on the the funny thing is on the right side it was you know that he he considered it more um, um, chronic maybe chronic yeah. right so and and in fact I think I think the right side was probably from either one of my biking accidents uh, so several years ago mm-hmm. um, probably before CrossFit and then I think I think starting CrossFit and getting into that more strength training actually bought me a lot of time mm-hmm. on an already torn shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I reached a point where my uh, skills, ability, strength exceeded what the tendon was capable right. of withstanding. Mm-hmm. So I had to have, you know, then I got to the point where, okay, I have to have surgery because yeah. then then, then it was getting mm-hmm. painful. But I think, I think I got six, seven years out of probably a tear that I had already had for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because over the years I had had, you know, pain on and off from a from a shoulder pain on and off from you know doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on the on this side, the left side that I'm having surgery on, I, I can think of two potential incidents recently that that um where it was and and the, the I came I think when of, I when yeah. I went to kind of get up, I was working on a gymnastics drill mm-hmm. and uh pop, huh? you know, kind of like a a press up on or into a hand handhold handstand on mm-hmm. a box and I just felt like a little pop and a tingle mm. down my arm and I remember I, yeah. I text you frantically like yeah. what I think I fucked something up oh, I can't, I can't was, lift my arm it was and again the signs and that was that, like yeah. that was like end of February beginning of March so I think that I was know. like the real inciting incident yeah, yeah so. it's interesting the atrophy part uh, so it was the guy's theory uh, on the right side atrophy B and that's how he was um Kind of cued in that it might be more chronic. Right. On the left, he had no atrophy, so a little bit more acute. And I think right. tendon, and there was definitely some tendon. <clears throat> what was left of the tendon, there was some signs. I think of tendinosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's been yeah, some time. Some, there was been some time. <clears throat> right. Whereas so. the left looked healthy and but uh, and no and no resec, uh, resection. So it was, um, that's interesting. That's like where timing is kind of important of the right. surgery. Um, we so I kind of gave bit. it. I gave it from from. End of February, beginning of March, I gave it, you know, three months. Mm-hmm. I was doing all my PT exercises. I think you oh, worked on me a couple times, yep. Eric. Um, and just and I and I tried to stay away from. I, I think for a month I took anti-inflammatories and then said, "Let me not take them, so I know what's going on." Mm-hmm. And then decided to go in in July and have him have him look at it. And nice. you know, so we ordered the MRI right away and said, "Oh yeah, it's a." 100% tear. Let's get it done as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so That's we'll good. stay tuned. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, have Jay back on to let us know his his experience with that. And I think that might wrap it up. Cool. Thank you, awesome. Jay. Thank really you appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, signing All right. off. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 